on the thing. So That's we gotta right. we gotta get into the mix. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Maybe one of these weeks we will switch it up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. Episode number 24. 24. Wow. Kobe Bryant's second number. So we are at Kobe Bryant's second number. Yep. This is awesome. I'm I'm happy to have made it this far. Yeah. I think think, we're we're doing good. I think Kobe's up there. He's looking down on us. He's smiling. He is. We've talked about him several times on the show. So Many times. Many times. Anyways, what kind of news do we got to get started with today? I have... I I think this this is a pretty funny news story. I think you're I think you're going to like this one. Okay, let's listen. All right. Ontario police stopped motorcycle with hand-painted license plate. Police in Ontario said an officer pulled over a mic- motorcyclist whose license plate was clearly homemade and misspelled. Sergeant Steve Koopman of the Kingston Police Service said po- patrol officers stopped a motorcycle when they noticed the vehicle's license plate didn't quite look official. So it was hand-painted. <laughs> yes. And their conclusion was, oh, this doesn't quite look official. Yes. Okay. Koopman tweeted a photo of the hand-painted plate, which marked for Ontario, but featured the slogan, Live Free or Die, from license plates issued by the U.S. state of New Hampshire. The misslogan misspelled the word free. (laughs) So he misspelled free. Yeah, and he used he used a slogan that's not even from their country. It's not a Canadian slogan. It's not a Canadian slogan. It's a New Hampshire slogan. None of this sounds official to me. I no. Mean, I think the cop made a good call catching this guy. I mean, this is pretty funny, man. Like, it, I, how dumb do you have to be? I don't know. Every week you come up with something that, like, no, nowhere in a million years could I have ever thought that this would be a news story. What? A license plate was confiscated just under two weeks after police in the same area stopped a vehicle with a similar handmade license plate. So, oh, so... Apparently in Ontario, they're having issues with people fabricating license plates. I mean, if I lived under the Justin Trudeau regime, yeah, I'd resist any way I can. Whether yeah. it's fabricating license plates, whether it's, you know, loitering, right. causing yeah. a public nuisance, anything that I could do, I'd do, so. You're right. I don't, that, that's weird, but it doesn't surprise me. That's all I got. Anyways, I got two today. All right, let's So the it. first one is from Newswire. I don't know if you've ever been on that site. Uh, Meatloaf is making a dating competition show called I Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That. Are you familiar with Meatloaf? Are you a Meatloaf fan? No, they are a band, correct. It's a guy. It's a guy. His I, name is Meatloaf. I can't say that I have really listened to Meatloaf's music. I would do anything for love. Okay. That guy. Okay. So he's a pretty pretty uh, talented vocalist. He's got some other songs. Yeah. But so he's creating this dating show. Basically, he teamed up with one of the like one of the Netflix showrunners. I don't know where this is going to air, but it's a competition show where couples compete in a series of goofy challenges that are designed to test how much they trust each other. So it's a, it's a competition show so you and your partner are out there. Yeah. You're doing God knows what. It's all trust-based, and you're trying to win the prize. Okay. Now, it makes this show interesting. According to the Newswire article, Meatloaf will serve as both an executive producer and he will also act as the ethereal figure behind the madness. Okay. So, he's going to be kind of hiding in the background. What he's like the, like the dungeon master in Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know what, what that's about. I have no idea. Now, do you, is there an ethereal figure behind your life that's behind the madness of your life? I don't know. Because I feel like Meatloaf, like if I had to pick somebody that would be the ethereal figure behind the madness. It would be Meatloaf. It would be Meatloaf. It would definitely <laughs> be. So, 
We'll see if that new story wow, makes. This is uh, this is interesting. We'll see if that that we'll see what happens with that show. We'll see if the story actually makes it into our episode. But right, I got a second one, and this one's a little bit older. This one came from March first mm-hmm. out of nme.com, which is a, kind of like a music pop culture site. Mm-hmm. Not one I've been on much before, but anyways, Fleetwood Max Mick Fleetwood reconciles with Lindsey Buckingham. I saw that. Now, if you're not familiar, you know that they broke up. Well, they basically they didn't break up. They kicked Lindsey Buckingham out of the band in 2018. Yes. But they reconciled, and they're back together, and now they're talking about doing a reunion. This is fantastic. Now, if you're a Fleetwood Mac fan, you know that Christine McVie was out of the band for a while, and she came back in 2013. Now, she's the oldest of the group. She's like 77 now. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Buckingham is 71. Stevie Nicks is 72. Everybody's in their 70s. Right. But they finally decided to settle after three years of Lindsey Buckingham basically just not getting along with any of them. Mm-hmm. And they might be getting the band back together. What do you have to say about that? This is incredible. Because I have skipped out on Fleetwood Mac's Fleetwood Fleetwood Mac concerts because they were broken up. Really? Because Lindsey Buckingham wasn't there. Lindsey Buckingham makes a huge difference. Okay. I went I went in to see Lindsey Buckingham by himself. By himself? Yes. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Now you never you never saw uh, Fleetwood Mac? I have not seen Fleetwood Mac yet. I would love to see them. They're one of my favorites. Me me too. Like they're in my they're in my top ten man. But I gotta I gotta see them with the band. I gotta see everyone together. Yeah, it would it wouldn't be the same without Lindsey Buckingham because he would be doing all the all the funny stuff that the man does because that dude Yes. He and his sound makes makes a huge difference. It does. Like would you go see Aerosmith without Steven Tyler? Would would you see them without him? No, I wouldn't want to. I mean, that's what I mean. Now and yeah, obviously like he he's an he's an entertainer. Yes. The one thing that strikes strikes me though is in when they were in their sixties, they couldn't get along. Like these people have been doing it for forty years. Right. They're in their late sixties, early seventies, back in twenty eighteen. They couldn't get along. Like they couldn't just couldn't get along well enough to, to work in the same studio anymore. Stevie Nicks was pissed off at uh Lindsay for just being an asshole basically. Well they had like, a thing back in the day. They did, but you would think that by now, like they're in their sixties and seventies. Like I, can't they just relax and mellow out a little bit? I, I think I think a part of the issue was Lindsay didn't want to tour at a certain time, and they all did. Oh, well. It, it, something with that, and something with money having to do with yeah, you know, I Li- guess. Lindsay writing certain songs and them playing it and all that But still, shit. it's not like you guys are 20-year-old musicians anymore. They're right. in their 60s. You would think you would just make it work. Right. Everybody would compromise, but I was thinking about it, too. There's nothing mellow about Lindsay Buckingham at all. Right. That <laughs> dude, he's up there. He's hardcore. Now, one quick thing about Lindsay Buckingham. Have you watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Yes. That dude looks exactly like an old version of Dennis Reynolds. He looks exactly like an old version of Dennis Reynolds. Look at look at the pictures. Yeah, I can see it. I think and the actor is Glenn Howerton who plays Dennis in the show. I think he needs to play Lindsey Buckingham in like a band movie. <laughs> and then I was I was trying to cast the rest of the band and I, I didn't get very far. I got Jennifer Aniston playing Stevie Nicks. Okay. I couldn't come up with anybody to play Christy McVie. Although I could fu- you could find somebody and then I don't even know John McVie. He's kind of like the lost the lost figure in the group. Nobody nobody cares about him. You can basically have any, anyone. And then for Mick Fleetwood, the only, the only person I could come up with was Donald Sutherland. <laughs> so he's obviously, getting, he's, he, he's, Donald Sutherland is looking like death. He's well, getting so is he's getting old. So is Mick Fleetwood. So, <laughs> anyways, that's all I got for news. You got any more? No, I don't have any more news. What is our main topic today? Heists. Say that again for us, please. Heists. Heists. <laughs> Heist. Heists. I don't know if I can say it. It's hard. Heists. Heists. Heist. 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 
Heists. So our main topic is heists. Yes, Pat, for any listeners that don't know what a heist is, explain to us what a heist is. I'm not sure what even defines a heist, to be honest. Like, what? where is the threshold done? The definition I have written down is a planned theft of a high-value item or items. Yeah, I, I would kind of say it's a really sophisticated burglary. It's not a, yeah, it's bigger it, than a burglary. Yeah. It's bigger than thievery. And it's, it's usually. It's like a whole, like, this is like a planned operation, uh, career professional criminals yeah. that take years into planning these things and they're and they're usually going after massive amounts of money money in, in, or into the something billions, super valuable millions yeah you know jewels gold diamonds yeah shit like that now have you ever been involved in a heist before ben not that i know of not that you know of see i haven't either now what do you call what would you call a person that does a heist are you you're not a thief it's better than you're a heist isn't a like thievery is sticking somebody up on the street or a burglar or yeah. a shoplifter a heist is different i got a couple options if you don't have any I, th- I think you're still a thief if you participate in a heist so you're not a heister I guess you could say heister. Are you a heist master? I like that, yeah. Heistman? I like heistman, too. Heist master? You're the top dog. You're the heist master. You're the heist master. You're the heist master. You're the, you're the top dog. Okay, we're going to have to work that, that terminology in. Okay. I'm actually going to start this one. Yeah, go ahead. I think we can both agree that the biggest heist ever was when the Browns stole a six-round pick from the Steelers in exchange for Justin Gilbert in 2016. Do you remember that? Do you even know who Justin Gilbert is? Yes. Justin Gilbert is the Browns draft pick that is the reason why they took them six years to get to the playoffs. <laughs> they originally owned in 2014 the fourth overall pick. They traded back and took Justin Gilbert eighth overall. They could have drafted, they were going to draft Sammy Watkins, which, nah. But Khalil Mack was on the board. Jake Matthews was on the board. The Browns traded back to eight and picked Justin Gilbert. Do you know who was still on the board at that point? Who? Aaron Donald, who had one of the best <laughs> scouting reports I've ever seen from a defensive tackle ever. And, and he didn't even get drafted in the top ten. One of the best scouting, like, this dude, like, you just knew he was going to be a monster coming coming in the league and obviously he's been every bit as good right but the browns were able to ship justin gilbert to the steelers he played in 2016 he was only a special teamer i think he saw like six defensive snaps mm-hmm. didn't do anything got released got suspended the browns got a six round pick for him now i did a little bit of looking into on that six round pick i wanted to see where that pick ended up mm-hmm. happening so that was a 2018 six round pick so it was two years away so the browns got their got the pick from the steelers the next year the browns traded that pick back to the steelers for sammy coates and a seventh round pick <laughs> you guys got Sammy Coates? Yes. That sucks. Sammy Coates is rough. So the Steelers <laughs> sent their sixth rounder to the Browns for Justin Gilbert. The Browns sent it back for Sammy Coates and a seventh round pick. The Steelers ended up sending that pick to the Buccaneers. So they traded away their own draft pick twice. The Buccaneers selected Jack Cicci, a linebacker. No, we, we ended up getting the Buccaneers' first round pick. That's how we drafted Devin Bush. That was 18, right? Yeah. Yeah. We ended up getting a first-round pick that year to draft Devin Bush. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it was the Buccaneers. Okay, so maybe that, that sixth-rounder was thrown in. I'm in, pretty, in that sure, tr- in I'm that pretty sure that was 18. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it was the Buccaneers' 10th-round pick. Seven. Uh, uh, first-round first pick. Yeah. Pick number 10. Okay, that makes sense. I'm pretty sure. So the guy that the Buccaneers drafted, drafted was Jack Cicci with that pick. Uh, he ended up – he was in the Super Bowl. Well, he didn't play. He was on the IR, but he was on – the team but he got cut by the Buccaneers and then re-signed and then he's been he's bounced around for a while but he was back with them this year mm-hmm. he has six tackles in the league <laughs> hasn't done a whole lot but that 2019 seventh rounder that the Browns got from the Steelers so 
so they traded their they traded the Steelers pick back to them. Right. That 2019 pick was packaged up with a fourth rounder that the Browns got from the Panthers for Andy Lee, the punter. I don't know if you remember him. Mm-mm. The Browns the Browns managed to get a fourth round pick for their punter. They took that pick and the Steelers 2019 pick and traded it to the Dolphins for Jarvis Landry. So ah. if you break it all down, the Browns traded Justin Gilbert to the Steelers and ended up getting Jarvis Landry back in return. <laughs> if that's not the greatest heist of all time, okay. Well, there, I don't know a lot is. of shit happened in between there, and that is the reason why I was late to the studio today. <laughs> I got I got <laughs> into that God. at the last minute, <sighs> and I couldn't I couldn't stop researching because I wanted to find out where all those little all those picks ended up. What what happened to all of them? So that's funny. That to me, that's the biggest heist of all time. What do you got? What's your biggest heist of all time? Um, I don't I don't know if this is the biggest heist of all time. Okay, this heist. What I liked about this heist was one, it was fairly recent. So okay. this happened in April of 2015. There we go. Yeah, and the heist was done by just a bunch of old people, a bunch of old dudes that were career criminals and served time in prison, but they wanted to do one last round. It was kind of like red. Kinda, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible what these old guys do. It's like four. Four guys really set this thing up, and I'm excited. Yeah. So, have you ever heard of the Hatton Garden heist? No, I can't say that I have. Okay, Hatton Garden is uh, it's a place in uh, is it London. I'm pretty sure it's London. It's always in Europe. Yeah. This is yeah. This is London. They have a. It's called the Hatton Garden Safe Deposit Vault. Okay. And it was it was built in the 1940s, and this vault was the first of its kind. It's uh, underground, and it's built with steel and reinforced concrete and all that shit. And it houses a bunch of safety security deposit boxes that hold all the different assortments of jewels, diamonds, gold, bracelets, necklaces, all that shit. Yeah. And there's estimates of over, you know, 40 million pounds in there in one particular vault. I mean, there's there's so much money in the vault. So there's a lot of shit in there. There's a lot of shit. A lot of security boxes that people deposit their own valuables in. Okay. Yeah. But So the heist was carried out by old dudes. They're in their 60s and 70s. I'm trying to imagine this. Dude, it's so crazy. They all had long criminal careers in their life, and they all served time in prison and they just wanted like a good retirement they wanted money so they're like we're gonna we're gonna do one last ride man we're sure gonna, we're gonna do this and one thing i gotta say real quick that i noticed i'm sorry mm-hmm. is in the in europe they don't punish thieves that that highly mm-hmm. like i'm looking at some of these thie- these heists that i got and yeah, if, they, if they got caught they're getting like seven years in prison yeah, i that's, don't think they got a lot of time they're not getting they don't give these guys time so that's funny. they can just keep doing this shit over and over again and then in <laughs> europe they don't have guns either so there's no risk it's not like you're gonna die grabbing a bank. Right. Because there's nobody there to shoot you because they're not allowed to have guns. Right. So I'm going to go over the people that are the master hi- masterminds behind this heist. Alrighty. So first guy is the oldest, Brian Reeder at 76. And they also referred to him as the governor. And he spent time in prison for another notorious murder that happened in Britain. Murder or a heist? Uh, heist. But <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was suspected of murder, but he was acquitted in that oh, same case. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had my, my mind was going ahead. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, he was acquitted of murder. Terry Perkins, he turned sixty seven on the day of the heist. He spent twenty two years in prison for another burglary he did before. Twenty two years? Yeah. Okay. Where that was, no idea. Third of his life. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah, something about Terry Perkins. He was a, uh, a a diabetic, and he took him enough meds for three days down in the vault with him in case they got stuck in there. Sure. Yeah. I do the same. It's a good idea. Yeah. John Cowan was age 74. He had a long career uh, of crime dating back to the 60s. 
60s. And he made a really big mistake during this heist because he ended up using his car, his personal car. And that, that led to basically their downfall. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get into that later. Okay. Yep. And then there's uh, Danny Jones. He was the youngest, and he was age 60. And uh, he'd been jailed since the 70s for a bunch of various crimes and shit. Sure. And there was a guy that was named Carl Wood that was there. He, he was a little younger, probably in his 40s or 50s. Okay. And he was there for the first night of the raid. Oh, this was a multiple night raid. Yeah, this is a multiple night thing. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll, we'll get into it when I go over the details of the of the shit. All right, sounds good. Yeah, and there was another guy that he goes by Basil, and we're going to get into Basil soon, too. So Okay. <laughs> so they they started planning this heist three years prior, and um, that's they they found that out because they uh, they seized Danny Jones's laptop. Sure. And they found a lot of shit that they were doing, you know, to plan for the heist and whatnot. Makes sense. But, um, yeah, the laptop showed that he had been researching power drills. And this power drill that they used for this heist is, like, crazy. You got to have, like, these big joists and shit. Okay, so it's not and, your typical Black & Decker. Yeah, this is not your typical thing. Okay. Right. And um, one of the guys also opened a safety security deposit box in the vault so, so that they, they can, you know, get a look at, sure. you know, what's going on in there. Yada, so yada, yada. they 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 secured one prior. Yes, and were able to. Okay, I kind of that's yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. So they could you know check it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. So Easter weekend is uh, when they when they this is the first night. This is the first attempt. Man, so we're coming up on an anniversary then. Yeah. Okay. They they had they had they run they run into some trouble. So Brian Reeder, uh, he he gets there and uh, they all get there around eight twenty at night. And John Collins is driving a white van and then walking down the street and and like you can see it and there's a really good documentary on YouTube and you can see everything that they have timed out and planned out in this on the surveillance cameras. Gotcha. It's absolutely insane what these old dudes planned. Sure. Like it's insane. Right. So Danny Jones and Carl Wood, they have like these reflective coats on so they're, they're they they look like um gas contractors right so they're disguising gotcha. themselves yeah. right yeah and they scope the area before they you know start doing their shit so a guy with red hair which is the guy that um is basil okay okay they were never really able to identify this guy and i think that i think they actually finally identified him like three or four years later after the heist sure but he got away with it for a long time yeah and he was very strategic of where he placed his equipment over his face so none of the cameras could see his face okay so yeah he, he this this basil was pretty smart these guys are good <laughs> yeah dude th- dude it was insane these guys are so good so he carried a big bag he, he literally walked through the front door he walked into the front door of the bank so he goes into the back of the building and he opens up the fire escape and that's where john collins has the van and the guys hop out and they're carrying all this equipment and it's really funny because in the surveillance camera you can see them struggling getting the equipment out because they're old With all these old guys. and the shit's heavy like they're carrying these big joists out and all this equipment and shit and it's just funny because all these old guys are God. trying to pull this shit off <laughs> but they're pulling it off like they're getting it done these geezer bandits right so John Collins after they unload all the shit he takes the, the van and goes around the corner and he's basically a lookout at this point sure right so they carry the heavy equipment down the fire escape to a basement courtyard and from the inside Basil opens up the back door so now they get into the building from the fire escape to the back door and they walk up two uh, floors. So the the way that the vault is designed, the only way you get to it, for what I remember, is through the elevator. Yep. And there's a shaft. There's one shaft going down. Sure. 
So what they did is what they at, at the second floor they disabled the elevator. So then on the ground floor they were able to like slide through a chute and slide down the shaft into the vault and then open up like a metal door to slide through it. So they were basically in the compartment of the vault at that point. So they were able they, by, they were able to bypass normal transportation channels. Like they weren't walking through hallways or no. They were able to get through like a ventilation shaft or a HVAC it, shaft. It kind of it was like the shaft of the elevator. That the elevator goes up and down in. Okay, so yes. is it a is it an elevator that lifts people up? Yes. Okay. That, that's the only way to get down to the vault. Okay. Is in the elevator. Because I've seen elevators that lift they they extract a safety deposit box itself and then bring it up to a different okay. place. No, it doesn't do that. Okay. No. And so it was really it was really clever how they did that. They weren't inside the vault, but they were to the point where they skipped all the shit in between to get to the main door of the vault. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And so once they got there, they drilled three big ass holes through the door and the and the door is half a meter thick is all reinforced concrete so for you american people that's what 19 inches about a little over 20 inches a little over 20 inches i think it's like i think it's like 20 inches i think it's 19 inches is it 19 inches half a meter okay guys tweet us at 30 in the if you know Uh, the metric system it can tell us a meter is 30 it's like 38 inches if you know how isn't it like a yard isn't Close to a yard? It's longer than a yard, but not by much. Okay. So tweet us, guys, at 30 in the, if you know, the length of a meter in, what is our system called? The British Imperial System? No, they're on metric. Well, we're on the British, like the British we're Imperial on the, System. the standard. British, British Imperial Standard? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's us, it's Burma, and it's Liberia are the only countries that aren't <laughs> on the metric system. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. No, you're good. So the vault was half a meter, the door was half a meter thick and they drilled through it. Yeah, and it took, each hole took a half hour to drill. Could you imagine standing there? Like, these guys would be dead. I would be dead, holding a drill for half an hour. Well, it, it they didn't have to hold it because it was oh. so heavy. That's what, like, the joists and shit were for. I got you. So that they could, it was probably, I think it was, like, almost suspended. I'm imagining them and... holding, like, a minigun-sized <laughs> drill. That would take, hold it. That would take hours. Okay. Oh, also, so b- before they they had to like go through other iron gates. They 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 just cut those. Sure. And but before they got to the main vault, they had to um they had to disable the alarm. And when they disabled it, that actually sent out an SMS text to a security guard. And so he went to check check shit out. Sure. But there was some type of miscommunication between like the security company and the cops. And so the cops never came. They like never got the word, they never got the alert or, or something like that. Now, did the guys know about that alert prior to doing this or was that just something that happened? It's something got... that, that something that happened. So they got lucky. So yes, so they they get very lucky here. So the security guard, he he literally goes and he looks at the front door. He sees nothing happening and he 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 just fucking leaves. He doesn't check anything out he doesn't hear anything he, he, he literally checks out the front door and he leaves which to be honest what are you gonna do <laughs> right now what i'm curious about is how often does that security system get dismantled to the point where probably never exactly that's very been... very heavily guarded vault i don't think that guy is currently working security probably anger. not <laughs> anyways so what happened was is when they drilled through there ended up being a big cabinet attached to the wall that's holding the security boxes. Okay. So they couldn't get through. So what they ended up doing was they ended up just leaving. They left to, to get another tool to bust through that shit, apparently. So all, all these guys just were like, fuck it, yeah. we're out. 
Okay. Or out because they couldn't do anything. They, sure. they they couldn't go any farther. I guess that makes sense. Okay. They needed they needed a different tool to to get back in there. Man needs his tools. Right. So that night, Brian Reeder drops out after they leave. He's like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going back in there. So yeah. Brian Reeder drops out, and um. So now Danny Jones and John Collins. Okay, this is where they make a big mistake. John Collins picks up Danny Jones in like a really nice white Mercedes. Mercedes. Sure. And they go to the store to look for a drill, a, a new a new tool to, to get them into this shit. And okay. this this ultimately what takes them down. Sure. Is the surveillance camera with him. And then they, they drive past the bank. After they went shopping, they go past the bank to make sure that no one has sounded the alarm. And once they notice that everything looks normal, everything looks fine, that's when they decide to go back that same night. And it, they pulled it off. They pulled off the heist. They, okay. used, they used that new tool. They got through the cabinets. They they opened up they opened up seven, 73 of the over 900 boxes that the vault had. Sure. So they didn't get a lot of the boxes emptied, but they still they still stole like 14 million pounds of That's shit. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't see the thing that drives me nuts is you would think that there would be some fail safe like within the system like once you get so far there'd be something extra. Right. A camera, a sensor, something. I you I I can't. I, I actually I think they might have disabled sensors too. Yeah. They I can't remember. That's crazy. I don't know if I uh, So they so they drilled through the door they didn't there wasn't any like lock picking or no no lock so picking. They forced their way in. They basically. forced their way in, and they drilled three of the holes so the smallest guys could fit in there because they couldn't get the vault door open. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. They had to crawl through the three holes that they drilled. That's crazy. Yeah. And the way they drilled them was they just overlapped the circles, so it created a one big hole. You okay. What yeah. I'm no, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, it's crazy, man. And all these dudes are just old. <laughs> There's old dudes. Can you imagine? three seniors doing this shit <laughs> so so what was the aftermath like how did this how did this whole thing wrap up so they all end up getting caught okay um because they make really dumb mistakes when right. they're out and sure. they ended they end up getting like followed and bugged and it's funny there's like audio recording of them talking shit about <laughs> breaking into the bank and they were they were just in, admitting their guilt so they're just being idiots they're basically. just being idiots okay. yeah but the white mercedes that really screwed it up yeah when they when they bought the drill the the new tool they gave his name and address and all right so their old age definitely set in for you know yeah screwing up like if you're gonna if you're making purchases for a heist you probably want to be it's probably, probably be cash, cash only yeah <laughs> you don't want to be swiping the debit card right oh here's my paypal information so funny and the basil guy i'm pretty sure he was eventually found but they could not make any type of idea of, of that guy okay so he got away with sh- the the way they actually uh found out who he was which his his real name wasn't basil but that's what they called him the crew really his, they didn't name the poor kid basil could you imagine <laughs> right. being named basil i'd be upset yeah but they actually found out who he was by the way he walks they like found another video of him walking and they compared it to the guy in the surveillance and Interesting. And, yeah. You got to be observant to pick that type of thing off. Right. For most people, at least. Right. But that's basically it for me, man. All right. So I got I got a few. The biggest one I got is the Antwerp Diamond Heist, I've which is one this. of the biggest heists ever. Yeah. Before I get into this, I can't cover everything. I got a paragraph written about it. It's very complicated. There was a lot more to this, but I couldn't do it all. Yeah. Like, like there's like, no way. <laughs> I'm going to try to get this out in a couple of minutes. Go ahead. Basically, the Antwerp, Antwerp is in Belgium, which we've talked about previously on the show with the racing pigeons. Yes. Anyways, the brainchild of a man named Leonardo 
Bartolo, Notar Bartolo, a team of thieves managed to penetrate the incredibly high security vault at the Diamond Center in Antwerp, Belgium. Now, this is a diamond trading area. Like, this is what they do. It's just a part of the city where it's a diamond district, basically. And the, the group managed to get away with a reported $100 million worth of jewels. Damn. Now, this is the diamond capital of the world, basically. Like, in terms of trading diamonds in mm. Belgium, at least. So, this Leonardo Notar Bartolo guy was the only one that was actually convicted of anything. And he was a mastermind of it. But there were at least four other guys involved. They all had, like, code names, basically. And they all had specific skills designed to make basically make this, this thievery happen. I'm not going to get into all of them. But it took a year and a half to plan. He had been, this Nobar Bartolo guy had been in the area for, like, three years. And he had been posing as a diamond merchant himself. He, he rented out a shop. He was p- playing the part of a diamond merchant and he was getting to know everybody in the area, getting to know the security guards, getting to do all this stuff. And he was kind of like going into the diamond center where is where they kept a lot of the, a lot of the whatever. Right. So he spent three years basically creating this persona just so that he could be, he could get into the building without raising suspicion basically. So essentially there was a, there, they had a 10 level security vault and it was kind of like you described where the vault was like two levels below in the basement. There were 10 levels of security and they managed infiltrate every single one of them and they basically they went through the entire process basically and they didn't fuck anything up now it started off with them they basically there were thermal cameras that would detect heat mm-hmm. they, they figured out a solution that they could spray on the camera make it not detect heat but to do it they had to be really stealthy about it and then they make it look like it was they were like spraying their hair or something but they were really up spraying the camera mm-hmm. and they had to do that within like a day before they actually were going to create the operation they had a guy in the group now they were able to identify pretty much four of the five guys they pretty much know who they are one guy they have no clue who he is damn he is the key of keys that was his code name according to this guy and this guy got caught this leonardo guy got caught and basically spilled the beans but he never gave anybody's name out according to this guy he is like the world's best like key smith <laughs> and he's a master like he's an older guy too like he's a master locksmith he's a master key key creator so he's the heist master He's not the heist master, but he's the most he's the most valuable guy by far in this entire operation. Like I'm reading I was reading about what he was doing and it's it's like a comic book. Like he was picking every single lock that they ran into. Like they needed like a base of operation that day. So he literally just picked a lock into a random building like across the street, and that was kind of where they set up. Damn. So this guy, what he did was they, they were able to get cameras in kinda like above the light. They were able to put a little camera in there. So they got the combination to the safe somehow doing that. And it was, it, it had a hundred million possible combinations. And they managed to get the combination of the safe. So they were able just to open it. That's crazy. Now, what those key of key guys did was they had a foot long security key for the vault. You had to put the key in and then put the combination in. This guy managed to buy videotape forge that key so they had they had that security footage up he managed to take the videotape of that and create an exact replica of that key wow now what's even crazier about that whole thing is they managed to do that managed to get into the vault 10 levels of security and i'm not going to get into all the details because it's insane but during the operation the key of key guys and it ended up finding the actual key and stole that too so he created the forgery and he actually ended up finding the real key anyways this would be a fantastic movie it would like this this is crazy so most of the jewels were not recovered they were able to cover a few of them, but most of the $100 million worth of diamonds were never seen again, officially. Uh, Leonardo no 
Lothar Bartolo got caught and ended up serving time because of this. And then he spilled the beans on what how they did everything that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the other people didn't actually get, like, they think they know who they were because of different robberies that were going on. But they never actually got charged with this one. Damn. Now, this Nobar Bartolo guy claims that it was an insurance fraud. The whole thing was an insurance scheme. But the story didn't really, it didn't really. Didn't add up. Didn't add up. But I'm reading this. And you guys, if you guys are interested in this one, look it up because you got to read it for yourself. It's it's off the wall. But I'm just imagining this like this like master keysmith out there who has been preparing his entire life for this moment. <laughs> he's forging keys. He's picking locks. He's an old guy. And he's the only one that made it out okay. That's so funny. It's crazy. Anyways, do you have any more? No, you can go ahead, man. Okay, I got a couple more. This one is the French Bank Tunnelers. This was in March of 2010. A group known as the Termites managed to break into the, a Paris bank under renovation. The Termites? Yes. <laughs> and they get into why they're called the Termites. Basically, they tunneled their way in. That makes sense. So, the termites. Right. Now, the bank was under renovation at the time, but obviously the, the safety deposit boxes stayed. Like, they're not going to take everything out of the safety deposit boxes to renovate the bank. Right. For some reason, nobody figured that a bank under renovation is going to need much security. So these guys just dug their way in right where the vault was for the safety deposit boxes. And at that point, there was nobody around. There was no resistance. It was under renovation. So they had, they took several days just like picking through. They were able to force their way open, <laughs> first way into the safety deposit boxes. Yeah, they, had, they had all the time, they had all the time in the the world so they were able to just kind of pick and choose they got away with a total of 34 million dollars worth of goods over several days <sighs> and then they just went out their tunnel and they were never heard from them again nobody got caught nobody got convicted they have no clue who they were they just wow. call them the termites because of what they did that's incredible they're able to get through i guess paris has like some like tunnels yeah. they will just basically just kind of connect the dots basically dig through where they needed to get through i wonder how long how long did that take to dig those tunnels they don't know because nobody nobody's ever been caught wow there was one other bank robbery that happened around the same time in a similar fashion. So I think that it was probably the same people that did it twice. But Wow. And I was thinking about this real quick. Like, some of these stories just don't get talked about. I wonder how many, like, really embarrassing heists have happened. Probably just don't get media attention because it doesn't it doesn't help the narrative right. to find out that X, Y, and Z got robbed and nobody knows what happened. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm waiting for the, the Federal Reserve in New York to get Dude. That's probably the most heavily guarded place in the, in the world. I've got so much about the Federal Reserve. We're probably going to need to use it on the other podcast. Yeah. I, I had no idea how, how bad that institution is. Oh, they're bad. It's man. literally the financial bank of the Illuminati is what it is. They're the financial bank of damn near everything. But they, you know how banks can create their own money? Yeah. that's that's It's insane to me. And the Federal Reserve literally has the contract to do whatever they want. <laughs> they're, not even, they're not even part of the government. They're not even part of the government. Right. They're a private bank, and they've got the contract to just do... Pretty much whatever, and and nobody's gonna audit them. Like they, everybody's been trying to audit them to see what the hell's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Like they they tried to. I think they probably got one in eventually, but and they're gonna they, no, they, nothing. They're not up. gonna get anything, right? And they're they're literally they they literally get to make their own money. They print bills and then they loan them to the government and then they make the taxpayer pay the bill <laughs> later on. It's insanity. I I can't get into it on this show too much, but the Federal Reserve man, it's problematic. Yeah. Anyways, I got one more one more heist real quick. So this one is from May two. 2019, and this one took place in Russia. Hmm. The Russian Bridge Heist. Basically, this was in a remote Arctic region of Russia. There was a rail bridge that crossed the Umba River. (laughs) The Umba River. Okay. U-M-B-A. Umba, I'm thinking. Or Umba. I don't know. But it's in the Arctic region of Russia. Basically, there was a bridge. It was, it weighed 56 tons and was 23 meters long, the section that they stole. So they stole an entire section of bridge? Yes. Scrap metal thieves. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> 
56 what? tons worth of metal that it was a 23 meter section so that's 60 70 feet that's at least 70 feet long okay how how did they transport this they cut it down and they broke it apart this is the remote wilderness of russia this is the in like the arctic circle or whatever so there's just a train bridge up there so there's there's no one out there to see this happening they got cameras up but the cameras don't take pictures it's just like kind of like a once every week type screenshot spot shot what a worthless camera pretty much so what the next week it's just half the bridge (laughs) yes literally it was uh in uh like may 16th the bridge was there it was fine and then may 20 whatever (laughs) popped up the next camera got put (laughs) 23 meters of the bridge is gone imagine you're the guy watching that camera what the fuck yeah (laughs) the hell Uh, happened to the bridge and again they're they're thinking it was scrap metal thieves they got they got no clue on this one either wow 56 tons of metal now how much money do they get from that again they don't know so but you know if they scrapped in they they might they must have had a price on the type of steel that they stole they said that the whole incident created 600,000 rubles worth of damage i don't know if that what that translates in the steel prices but Mm. could you imagine like what would be the thought process of breaking like putting the other team of scrap metal thieves or heist heist masters to steal a bridge like how does that how does that even how do you come up with this idea where do you where do you take the the shit apparently russia's got like a pretty big scrap metal like i mean we could do that and we could do that here you can't just scrap anything like you can't go down railroad tracks and pick up metal from around the railroad tracks obviously you can't in you, russia you can't do that in the united states they will they will call the cops they will be like hey this is because that's the the train property that's you know whatever the rail property that's their shit have you ever gone to a scrapyard before yes multiple times you could get away with a lot. Like, there's not a lot of like we we had we 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 scrapped a filing cabinet once, and it was all by weight. Yeah, it's all by weight. Like, what would have they didn't they didn't open the drawers and look at it? We could have thrown bricks in there. Yeah, they, like that type. They don't really care about that. So I could we could have gotten more. Probably, yeah. So what's why don't you just cut up the railroad or track or they would have put it in a filing cabinet or they would have been like, okay, this shouldn't be this heavy. <laughs> yeah. Then at that point, they might take a look at it. Anyways, so that, that's the rush. Russian, the Russian bridge heist. That's funny. That's crazy. That's all I got for heist, man. That was a good topic. I feel like that was if, good. If we, I feel like this one we could circle back to eventually. Oh yeah. Because there was a lot of like crazy heists. There's a lot of ones that failed. Like, I kind of want to do that one sometime. Like, mm-hmm. like biggest fuck ups in like a heist. There were some uh, really big train heists too. Yeah. Back in the day, that were that were that were that are interesting. Yeah. Well, shit. Han Solo did one in the Han Solo the Star Wars story. You ever watch that? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was rough. That's that was the I watched that movie the night I came home from the hospital no shit from my surgery no shit and that was one of the worst nights of my life so I don't remember a lot from the movie fair enough yeah that was a rough night it's worth it's worth watching like it was good like I remember it being good it wasn't bad it wasn't as bad as the new ones the the force the force arrives and the last skywalker whatever the whatever the fuck that is the last skywalker the uh the, the, the last no it's the the rise of skywalker rise of skywalker and it's the last jedi is that what it is yeah that was that was eight the last jedi was eight though yeah last jedi was terrible not good the rise of skywalker and eh, it was okay the force the awakens was good the only part i liked about the rise of skywalker well i liked i liked lando coming back yeah lando was cool and i like seeing uh wedge antilles yeah beyond that i thought the whole concept with palpatine was kind of stupid i don't know i thought i thought that was dumb anyways you got anything uh you got anything more for the show tonight? yeah i, I kind of have a, a it's kind of a funny story all right i got one story i want to comment on too so page page might kill me for telling telling the story Uh-oh. it's it's 
it's it's not that bad. So uh, last night I told you we went out Friday night. Paige and I we don't get out that much anymore, you know. So we started drinking like around dinner time. Sure. So kind of earlier on in the night, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock ish. It's the only way to do it. Five? No, no, five thirty ish. You know, yada yada yada. Sure. So uh, we we end up going downtown, uh, probably around uh, nine nine ish, and we stay out for a couple hours. Now Paige Paige got a little tipsy. So did my sister. My sister got pretty tipsy too. Oh no. And so we're we're driving home, and we almost get home. Uh, um, my sister's husband is driving us. Okay. And my sister is like, we should get tacos. We should get Taco Bell. And we're like right at my house. I'm like, all right, that's fine. There's a there's a Taco Bell down the street. We, we can go there. Uh, for some reason, my sister's husband pulls into my driveway when we were supposed to go to Taco Bell. So he, he pulls in the driveway. I don't know why, but he, he did. It's, I must have missed something, whatever. Sure. Paige, Paige gets out of the car. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why she gets out. I I guess she wanted to go into the house, whatever. And my mom was there because she was watching, you know, Hudson. Okay. So I'm like, all right, well, we're going to go to Taco Bell. I was like, babe, what do you want? What do you want from Taco Bell? She's like, get me six tacos. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to get you six tacos, but all right. So we go to Taco Bell, get the Taco Bell, bring it back. I walk in the house and she's cooking macaroni and cheese. When I get <laughs> I'm like what now you, uh, cooking as in is this like the craft got the pot on the stove? Velveeta. Is that how how do you? She got that? the pot on the stove. Okay, she's so in, boiling not, the noodles. We're the, not popping the shells into a microwave. This is no. This, this is, is the real deal. We're cooking here. Okay, cool. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, she burnt the shells. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> how do you? She put them, they were boiling for too long. Oh, I've never, in all my plain pasta days, I've never once burnt. But I don't understand how she got this done because we weren't gone that long. Maybe 10 minutes, not even. So you showed up with six tacos. I don't remember how many tacos I showed up with. Okay. But I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? She's like, cooking mac and cheese. I'm like, I, I brought Taco Bell. What are you doing? Don't you want, we just talked about Taco Bell. And she was like, no, we didn't. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, we, you, no. we were just in the car. We talked about Taco Bell. She's like, you never told me about Taco Bell. She literally did not remember 15 minutes prior discussing Taco, Taco Bell. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, so funny. I think she went to bed right after that. So so she didn't eat the mac and cheese? Or What happened to the mac and cheese? Did the mac she and cheese did, get prepared? She didn't eat it. It just... I, it, it, I don't think it's edible. I just put it in the fridge. Did it ever become mac and cheese? Or did it, wasn't yes. Just, it, it, it became, became mac and cheese? Yeah. She so it was, wasn't just mac? It was mac and cheese. Okay. But I don't think anyone's eating it. Interesting. <laughs> now, funnily enough, my, my, my story includes Taco Bell as well. Funny. Okay. So I, I get off. We got off early. I was I was out of there by like 2.20. So not too bad. Not too bad of a night last night and i was in taco bell i was at the taco bell not by your house but the other one mm-hmm. and the drive through they're like we're not taking orders so a car pulls in behind me and i didn't see this guy he just like popped in behind me <laughs> so i'm backing up and this guy like pops in and he's not moving and i almost hit this guy he just showed up out of nowhere so i got four idiot drunk guys just yelling at me and i'm like they're not taking orders guys i don't know what to do now i gave them the stare that kind of scared them so then they kind of hid <laughs> and they let me out i don't know what i did because these guys were like getting ready to fight and i just, i gave them a look and they weren't fighting anymore <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I looked like a meth head or whatever. I was tired. Like I was, it had been a long week. I wasn't feeling great at work, but they ended up getting out of my way and I was good. So I was like, well, I really wanted Taco Bell. I go to the one at, by your house. It was closed. Oh, I hate that shit. Now, I don't know what time you guys were there, but I was, I was like there at like 2.30. And we weren't closed. there that late. We were there like probably 11 something. So, okay. That makes sense. 
I'm happy it wasn't you that I almost crashed into because that would have been embarrassing. But I was blocked in because there were cars just sitting out the window, like talking to the people there. They weren't moving, so I had nowhere right. to go. I, I thought about driving across the grass because of these idiots, but I was able to get them out of my way. <laughs> Anyways. That's funny. So I go to your Taco Bell close. So I go to McDonald's now. I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I, I want to eat. I wasn't sure about eating, but it's like, I'm off early. I want I want to eat something. Right. Now, the McDonald's, if you go, if you take the Taco Bell Street and you just go all the way east towards the plant, yes. you know that McDonald's that we're talking about? Yep. So, that one is spotty at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's usually pretty quick, pretty consistently good. Nah. But it's been spotty lately. They've been kind of shitty. I was anticipating cash only, which at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're going to, that happens. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. So I, I was anticipating this. I was also anticipating breakfast early because they kind of get their breakfast started early. So I was thinking, okay, well, it's going to be breakfast, which is fine. I don't really care if it was breakfast. I was just hungry. I wanted to eat something. Yeah. I didn't care if it was breakfast or lunch. I didn't really care. I just wanted to eat something. So I pull up to the window and I hear her say cash only. And then she says something else. I couldn't hear what, what she said to the guy in front of me. <laughs> Or there were two. There were, there were two cars in front of me. I didn't hear what the, what what was said. Well, this guy orders a twenty piece nugget and pulls around. The next guy orders a twenty piece nugget and pulls around. <laughs> the whole situation was, they were cash only and nuggets only. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They were. She said we are cash only and <laughs> what and nuggets <laughs> only. What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> they could not cook any fries, any 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 breakfast, any any burgers, anything else. It was it was nuggets only. <laughs> what? So that's oh, funny. Now I wanted I wanted a coke because I felt I felt weird. Like I felt my blood sugar dropped, which I haven't been drinking. I haven't having any sugar in my diet lately. So I wanted some. I want to get some sugar in my body just to see what would happen. Basically, mm. so I'm like, well, do you guys at least have drinks? And she's like, yeah, we can. We got drinks. So we're to the twenty piece nugget and a coke. I pull I pull around to the window. Now bear in mind, this is nuggets only. Yeah. So I pull up to the window. I pay. They give me my coke, and she's like, um, well. You know, the nuggets aren't ready yet. We need you to pull ahead of the third window. Now, this is nuggets only. Yeah. What could possibly happen in the drive-thru if they're only selling one thing for me to have to pull up? Because isn't the next asshole going to be waiting on nuggets too? (laughs) Right. So... I don't know, dude. They I, did. Go ahead. I, I went to McDonald's the other day, and Paige was Paige was still up, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna stop at McDonald's. I'm gonna get us some food, right?" I, the lady in front of me, she waits like ten minutes before they answer the intercom. Oh God! They this, say they say we'll be right back. Is it the same McDonald's? Yes. Okay. So she orders. I pull up. Okay. The guy goes, "We'll be right with you." I'm like, "Okay, dude." I swear to God, I waited like it. It was like 20 minutes. Seriously? It was like 20 minutes, and I and I finally go, "Hello," because people behind me, dude. There's like there's like like 15 people behind me at this yeah. point, and I go like, "Hello." They're like, "Oh, sorry. What 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 what." what what can I get you? I'm like, are you kidding me? I waited this entire time, and you for and like you forgot, like you like you didn't even realize that I was I was waiting they here this whole do time. That a lot. I'm like, I are you, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I was so mad. I was pissed. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think. There's not a consistent McDonald's in the city anymore. Like, I, don't, I don't go there a whole lot, but like, dude, I didn't, like, I didn't get back. I didn't get back home to like 4:45, dude. That's it's, how long it took to go. To, I, I get home at usually. I usually get home at four every day from work. Well, I got off. I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> I got off at 2.20. I didn't get home till well after 3 o'clock. Between going to the two Taco Bells and then my 40-minute <laughs> minute endeavor just to get my, my nuggets. My God. Because they were nuggets only. It's No, it's crazy. And they all say that they're open 24 hours. Why but, Why even advertise that? If you, if, could you imagine, like, what, what catastrophe could have happened at that McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> that it was, it was nuggets only. Nuggets only. I can't imagine. That's hilarious. Never seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, that one was new. Anyways, are we, are you about wrapped up for this episode? Yeah, man, I'm all set. I don't think I got anything else. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for listening. We are up to 917. No shit, dude. That's quite a bit from the last episode. Yeah, well, that's higher than it. That's higher than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I mean, you know, the aliens ones didn't do as good, but the last episode has got 17 hits already. So that's pretty good. I only listened to that one once. Like it was funny, but I only listened to it. I think once or tw- maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably listened to it a couple times. I think twice. It was funny. Yeah, it's pretty stories. funny. Anyways, uh, please tweet us at 30inthe, T-H-I-R-T-Y-I-N-T-H-E. Tell us if you were involved in any heists. Yeah, if you... And, and to also tell us if the term is heister, heistmaster, or heistman. Please tweet us at 30inthe. Uh, we definitely gotta get... We gotta figure out some social media marketing at some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I don't think my yeah. Snapchat... My Snapchat's generating some action, <laughs> but not a whole lot. Yeah, we'll get the we'll get this shit up soon. We gotta get some Facebook... Probably a Facebook page, at least. Yeah, we'll make a Facebook page. Uh, YouTube... I gotta still gotta do YouTube. Maybe maybe this next weekend coming up, I'll get, have some time to get some YouTube going. YouTube. But thank you very much, guys, for listening again. We can't do the show without you guys, so. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Anyways, on that note, I think we're probably going to call it for tonight, so. Peace. Well, in the Soul Calibur games, real quick, uh, they always have, like, the long introduction, and then it cuts to the, the main title, and it's like, Soul Calibur 4, and it's really cool and epic. Mm-hmm. Well, in Soul Calibur 6, and me, Tim, and Josh were playing this last year at some point. We were just playing fighting game, just fighting each other over and over again. We watched, we waited for the intro, because we were waiting to see, because we hadn't played this game before, we were waiting to see what the intro was going to be. And it's like, Soul Calibur 6. It's <laughs> <laughs> really weird. That's funny. That's Anyways. That's, that, that is so funny. We, we've ran way over on the... Would you go see Aerosmith without Steven Tyler? I mean, Steve Tyler? S- S- Steve, Steve Tyler. Is it? Is no. It, it's not Steven Tyler? Is it's, it Steve Tyler? It's Steve Tyler. Steven Tyler? It's Steven Tyler. Steve? No, it's Steve Tyler. I, Liv, I don't. I don't Liv think Tyler's dead. It's definitely Steve Tyler. I don't think it matters. Sure. But <laughs> would you? <laughs> would Would you see them without him? The next guy orders a twenty piece nugget and pulls <laughs> around. The whole situation was, we're cash only and. <laughs> We're cash only. <laughs> she literally said, We're cash only. <laughs> I, I don't know how this happens. They were cash only. They were cash. <sighs> they were cash only and nuggets only. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
They were. She said we are cash only. And, <laughs> what? And nuggets <laughs> only. What? <laughs> what do you mean? What happened to the burgers? <laughs> they could not cook any fries, any, <coughs> any, any breakfast, any, any burgers, anything else. It was it was nuggets only. <laughs> what? So. Oh, that's funny. 